Daily at Lord. Second test match, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. Jeff, 30 seconds, all yours. 3.38 for five on Australia resumed this morning. Alex Carey out quickly, so is Mitchell Stark, and then Steve Smith goes on to test ton number 32 for him, gets to 110. He gets out, nicks off into the cordon. Uh, Cummins makes 22 knot. They make 4.16. They're all out, and then England go absolutely nuts. 91 off the top for the opening stand. Crawley's out in the second session. Then Nathan Lyon injured. Huge news off the field with a calf injury. Australia go for the short ball attack. It, it kind of works. It kind of doesn't. Uh, what we've, we've, got, we've got Duckett. We've got Pope. We've got Root. They're all out. They're four for 236 or something at the close it worked it worked just so, when things well, were trending was that more or less right what was the well oh, I'll, I'll fill in the, the gap shall i the, at the close of play england at 278 for four they trail by 138 yeah, i was off by 40 Bro runs. brooks <laughs> brooks on 45 from 51 doing as he pleases stokes going the other way 17 from 57 after the carnage where pope for 42 then Duckett for 98 and then root for 10 all fell to the short ball just after immediately after nathan lyon was injured let's go right there to begin with jeff so nathan lyon charging in to attempt to take a top edge um, has pulled up and we've had it confirmed it's a calf injury mm. and that is the point where England have a choice to make. Do they try and keep going as hard as they did to that point after T? 5.5 mm -hmm. overs for about 45 runs um, or do they try and exhaust Australia? They tried to keep going. Australia pulled the short ball lever right then and it worked. Sometimes these things backfire, sometimes they don't. They could have had a fourth wicket in that flurry as well although yep. it was Root who got out shortly thereafter anyway but it was frenetic, it was Difficult to understand from England's perspective, uh, and it might still yet be defining in this match. They had a chance it, to grind Australia down. It felt weird. It felt weird. I don't know. I mean, I, I was I was watching this and writing something, and every time I looked up, I was like, why is this field like this? Why are you doing this? What is happening here? None of this made a lot of sense. And it felt like an ego thing. It felt like the Australians saying, oh, well, you want to you play the way that you said you were going to play? Go on then. Yep. Have a go. And they did, and they kept having a go. And in, in, in the same way as Nathan Lyon batted in the first innings, by the way, like, sure. like he batted in the first innings at Edgebaston, oh, short ball, have to hook it, um, rather than the way he played in the second innings, which was if you actually play a bit more sensibly, you can help your team win matches. It felt like that with England today, the way the way Duckett was taking it on, the way that um, Brooke was backing away and baseballing everything. And like, yeah, maybe it works. Maybe he, he makes 100 doing that tomorrow. But it felt like it was making it unnecessarily high-risk cricket when you've, like, particularly with the injury to the main spinner for the opposition, you've got the opening, you've got the chance to put them under the cosh slowly, not quickly. So Lyon gets... Uh, Crawley stumped for 48 yep. and he's the only bowler to have an economy rate well with the exception of Travis Head who bowled four pretty tidy overs towards the end of play yep. which was even remotely in kind of the span of normal all the quicks were going around especially Hazelwood C Cummins and, not so much sorry right quite right but, but Cummins and Hazelwood were going around it up to eight and over at one stage and I think you know I think there's a bit of a difference between the way Brooke was doing it and the way the others were but yeah. the, the timing of the other piece of the puzzle I, I well, it's, not even a thing, but you know, how they timed the of the time, yeah, like right. That. What am I saying that for? Yeah. How they timed Speed their jigsaw. assault, if you like. Um, it did feel like an ego thing. That's why I think Cummins played it so well. Remembering that Cummins was off the field just before that, copping a, a ball to the eye, had to go off for a concussion test and a bit of ice on the eye. I think I'll have a shiner tomorrow uh, from a ball that bobbled up and hit him. Mm. And that's when he said, Well, look, I reckon you guys are going to keep trying to hook us. And he was right. But 
my criticism would be is that if England had said at that point, all right, we'll let them exhaust their bowlers doing that, it takes a lot. We hear from quicks, retired quicks all the time. You can get away with doing that for one spell or maybe a couple of spells a day, but only Neil Wagner can do it time yep. and time again. They had the chance to, like uh, my mate Steve Kinane, colleague from the ABC, said the last, last week about um, England's approach to declaring in the first innings. They should have kept batting, not for any strategic reason, but to break Josh Hazelwood in half, right? And I felt the same way here. They might have, uh, they might have found a way to hurt another Australian bowler mm. who was overdoing it. And instead, they lost three wickets in a flurry uh, and it felt thoroughly unnecessary. And it felt like they were trying to be equal yeah. to the challenge. They were, they were trying to go toe-to-toe with them, right? Yeah. And they didn't really need to. They just got rid of Nathan Lyon. Well, they give, and what they do is they give Australia this this juice, this, this adrenaline burst, because they're looking a little bit short of ideas at times through that inning. So, so if we start at the start, I mean, Crawley and Duckett, this is interesting. The first, I don't know, five or six overs, they didn't actually tee off. They were no, just not at all. knocking singles around. They were being relatively cautious. Even longer than that, I'd then, say. It was about 10 overs in, they, they shifted yeah. gears. Well, there's yeah. four overs before lunch that they where they're knocking it around and then a few overs after lunch. Yeah. And then they shift gears, but not in a crazy way, but it's more Crawley doing the thing he does of standing up tall, playing, like getting on top of the bounce, punching it down through mid-off, punching it through the covers, flicking it through the leg side. I mean, it, it was it was impressive. It was If you discount the, the Ireland opening stand, they put 100 on against Ireland the other week. Aside from that, um, that's... The first, it's the biggest opening partnership England would have had against Lord since Strauss and Cook were doing their thing before 2010. So it's been a while before, since they've had successful opening partnerships at Lords. They managed to get one. They put 91 on the board. Australia look out of ideas. Lions the one with the breakthrough, with the stumping. And then again, they're looking a bit short of ideas when when Pope's out there going well. But he does the old back away flip pull shot down to fine leg, gets himself caught. And then the way that the top edge from Duckett, the Warner celebration from that, it showed you like the, the Australia were so energised at that point because they get Duckett for 98 and he's been he's living by the sword and he dies by it and fair enough but the big double fist pump to the crowd that's Warner saying like we we are fired up we're into this so Pope didn't need to do that he got I think carried away with the emotion of the situation he tried to play that shot the over before with three men back didn't touch it but you're thinking gee imagine he gets out with a effectively a premeditated hook shot and so it was yep. um, the passage of play you're describing there Duckett and and Crawley weren't playing overly aggressively. They were taking advantage of the fact that there were, were gaps in the field because the field was up trying to take catches. All of this is fine, relatively normal cricket, but it's the way that they've yeah. um, found a way. It would have been, it's the biggest partnership England have had for the first wicket against Australia, going all the way back to 2011. Right. So, it, yeah, again, putting it all in, into context, just how well they were travelling. Um, look, Duckett. Uh, does play at everything. We know that. We've been all joking about it and mm -hmm. having our having our fun. But um, today it was working. He was seeing it like a beach ball. The way he carves either side a point when he's going well, it's reminiscent mm -hmm. of Travis Head. And he can also sort of um, shovel it out into the onside as well. So, yeah, getting out when he did, missed the chance to drive home the advantage. Good line from a reader on, on the Guardian OBO today that uh, Ben Duckett stays at the Hotel California. Why? Because he can check out, but he can never leave. <laughs> Very good, very good. Um, and but I think you know the other thing here is that Stokes showed again, as he did in the second innings at Edgbaston, that if you sign up to the philosophy that he and McCullum are espousing, it doesn't mean you need to go at every single moment of every single day. He showed that in the last, what, mm. 90 minutes of play or hour sure. of play or whatever it was. What is he, 17 from 57? He's barely fired a shot in anger. There was no reason why that hour of play, they've put on 56 or 57, couldn't have been the previous hour of play when they had guys who yep. they rely on to be their engine room. Remember, they're still you know 147 behind in the test and yep. they, they got themselves to a spot when 
Duckett was batting with Pope. I mean, you know, Winviz isn't perfect, but it had them ahead in the test. This morning when they arrived, they were way behind. They did so well to get where they were, only to throw much yeah. of it away. And it's interesting that Stokes isn't doing it. He's, he's a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do sort of captain at the moment, the way he batted at Edgebaston as well. He's, we have seen him bat super aggressively in other test matches that he's played under this philosophy, but he hasn't done it in these two Ashes tests. I wonder if it's because he has played Ashes cricket before and he knows that, that it's a tough situation and he knows that you need to shift the tempo a bit. But he's not suggesting to anyone else that maybe they should think about doing that. Maybe. It's, it's an interesting contrast. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what the conversations are in the dressing room. You know, if Brendan McCullum or Ben Stokes gets asked tonight yep. if they're doing telly, I'm not sure if they're doing media, but you know what they thought of those flurry of short balls all being taken on, all being caught yep. in the deep or in, in Root's case around the corner because... Well, and and um, uh, Pope's it was um, gloved up, wasn't yeah. it? So uh, you know, there's the... there one moment, right? One little. So there's a Harry Brook. He backs right away to the leg side. Huge swipe. I can't remember if he made contact and cluffed it for two, or if he missed it completely. Either way, <laughs> Ben Stokes comes down halfway down the pitch as if he's going to have a word, and then just does a bit of gardening and goes back again. <laughs> doesn't say a word. Like what? I'm puzzled. I'm just puzzled what's going on with that relationship. From an Australian bowling perspective, Stark does get a wicket, and it's the big one of Root, but to that point, he was going at you know, sevens or eights or even nines at, at different points. He um, wasn't able to get the ball moving around too much, apart from one ball just before lunch. He was giving them opportunities to score pretty regularly, as he did against India at the Oval as well, for the most part, until that, that final day. So, yeah, I know, I know why they picked Stark here. I get the logic behind it. He's bowled some amazing yeah. white ball spells here. The, the slope should, in theory, be to his advantage. But, um, yeah, there'll, there'll naturally be questions as to whether uh, Boland or Nisa would have been better suited to the conditions. But, you know, that's, that's a conversation for another day, I suppose. Or, or whether they would have been slot for these kind of or, players or possibly, to, yeah, to punch yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Who knows? So I suppose you need Stark to contribute to the... The, the short pitch attack, right? Right. You, um, you need three bowlers to be in rotation. And you need to have pace to, to be able to do it. Boland does have a nasty bouncer. Green um, as well, sorry, four of them, yeah. Yeah, so Green Green was, was involved in there as well. Uh, so they're 150-odd behind, and it's one of those things where, you know, good partnership tomorrow, Bairstow to come, they could stream into a lead. Sure. Or they could fall in a heap, and, and it could all be over 100 short. Like, it, it's, you know, it could go drastically in two directions tomorrow. Maybe we should go back to the start of the day as well yep. to Steve Smith. Um, test 100, number 32, that takes him level with Steve Waugh. So Ricky Ponting's the only Australian with more Test 100s than Steve Smith now. That feels... I mean, that's, what, that's where he deserves to be. You know, he is at least the second best after, after Ponting in that span since World War II. Um, but numerically, he, he is there. He should get at least another couple to, to get him past um, old Steve and Roger. Well, 99th Test match... War played another third on from that in yep. terms of where he finished up as a, a test cricketer, which again just provides a, a framework around his achievement. Well over 9,000 test runs. He's seventh in England. I think he's 12th in Ashes cricket or something yep. like that. It's a phenomenal Definitely record. Definitely is 12th. So that's Jack Hobbs. Jack Hobbs yep. and, and Smith have 12. Bradman has 19. That's in Ashes cricket. The other milestone he caught, I think it's 3,173, was, um, uh, was Steve War's... Sorry, I just got distracted by some dickhead. Um, Steve Waugh's tally of Ashes runs was 3-173, and Steve Smith went past that today. Oh, so, good. again, it's Hobbs and Bradman ahead of him for Ashes runs. So, you know, he's, he's ticked off some pretty substantial milestones today. Yeah, and he was frustrated when he walked off. You could see he was um, you know, gesticulating to himself and, and pointing at the way he got out and so on. He was trying to celebrate, but um, and it was a nice celebration with Cummins as well. Cummins stood next to him and just clapped at Smith, you know, in recognition of his vice-captain's huge contribution you know, making that 
possible to get beyond 400. But they did lose five for 77 today. Let's not yeah. brush over that. You know, England did well, England get wickets did really early well. on. I mean, I mean, they had Anderson and Broad get wickets early on. Broad's ball yep. to Kerry was a beauty after starting sloppily with two yep. um, uh, balls that were clipped away for four outside the league stump in and that the same over. Review, the good review. The great it, review. It's given not out. It's maybe an inside edge. It's maybe going down, but it's neither of those things. It's three reds and Broad talks them into it. He's like, I, I know. I know this one is out. Well, I was going to put it in the Hall of Fame, but I'll do it now. Him saying the Stokes ten times. It's out. It's out. It's out. It's out. It's out. And so it's out, is it? Okay, we'll go upstairs. And, and so the um, projection proved with the ball hitting most of the leg stump or yep. more enough of the leg stump. And then, you know, Anderson gets stuck. He plays an expansive shot. Great take by Best in front of first slip which will do him the world of good in terms of his confidence and the tail doesn't add too much with the exception of Cummins who's not out man and got an average in excess of 100 yeah, with one, the battery 104 series. in this series 104 runs for once out um, yeah. Pat Cummins but 77 you know you would have said it break felt, it even felt point. like a success with Smith and sure. Carey resuming to get them out for you know for adding 70 odd today that's, that's oh, yeah, I, I thought that when I, when I got here this morning I thought if England can keep them under 100 from where they are mm. then they win you know they win that little yep. um, skirmish and they did so England had something to take into their batting innings and yeah Tung picked up another wicket Robinson picked up two more at the end to end up with three as well but Tung was comfortably the best of the bowlers yeah and Robinson sort of flattered by getting a couple late when, so, yeah. when they were they were slogging um, he's got a I heard it described as dipping his bread today Robinson <laughs> dipped his bread hadn't heard that before it's quite good you it's know, fair enough sort it's, of into the juices I guess at there the are end a lot of, the of there are a lot of dreadful days as a fast bowler yeah. when you can't get anything out of the surface where you, you're allowed to cash in occasionally right um so yeah I mean look that's that's the situation as it stands. It's two days in. It's a bit like the women's test in Nottingham where everyone scored so quickly that the results are entirely possible um, oh, as, yeah. lo as long as we don't get interruptions. Um, and thank you to the rain for staying away today. It was supposed oh. to rain till about 4pm, which means we would have gone on at about 5.30 and played till about 9pm. So thankfully that didn't happen. Absolutely. We got through. Hall of Fame time? Let's do it. It's the Hall of Fame. Is, which, final word of Hall of Fame, that's elegant. <laughs> so uh, brought to you by Westfield London and Woo! Westfield Stratford City. City. Now, I have some information to share with you, you, Jeff, which has been sent through okay. by Sheehan, who um, is the man of the the man of the, the man of the Westfield. magical pen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. To celebrate Putt Shack at Westfield mm -hmm. and their fifth birthday, uh, Westfield London, I should say, yep. the one in Shepherd's Bush. Big golf. They're, they're giving away show. their first. Let me get this right. Mm -hmm. They are giving away their first 100 walk-ins on Friday, the 30th of June, okay. a free game of mini golf and a glass of bubbly. Okay. Come and celebrate the special day with them. Their birthday at Putt Shack at London, Westfield, Westfield, London. Yep. I'm going well today. Um, and encourage your friends and family to enjoy some friendly competition and great vibes. Great vibes. Uh, getting everyone in the party mode. Do you see? Party, party, golf, par. oh. party. Party oh. mode. Oh. Those oh. who stop by... Putt Shack, Westfield, London, in White City this Friday will also receive a complimentary glass of fizz to raise a toast and commemorate the occasion. There okay. you go. High-tech mini golf, delicious food, drinks menu, terrific vibes. Puns as well, uh, and it's a double pun because there's one at one end of the word and one at the other end of the word. All right, I'll, I'll accept it on this And occasion. you can't cheat, I'm told here. Friday. So you Friday's tomorrow. can't cheat. No, Friday's day. And you, can, you can also play Putt Man, Beer Pong. Other things. Friday's tomorrow. Friday's day three. I really had to check that um, to, to make sure that's... Playing days and non-playing days when you're on that's tour. It. It's, it's, it's wedding the, days and non-wedding days. The way, it's, it's the evening of day three where you can go out, down there and, and get in for free. So punch them into Google and see Put what you shack, get. Putt shack, baby. Putt shack. So what, what was Hall of Fame worthy today? Um, I, I had something and then I forgot what it was. I'll give you a few things. Okay. The final word was on Sky yesterday. Oh, Mel yeah. Jones, love you, um, mentioned our interview uh, with Carl McDermott, the curator here at Lords, and mm -hmm. said it was, and said, 
nice thing. So if you want to go and find that, it's on the Final Word Twitter feed. Yeah, if you want to find out all about cricket pitches we did, we sat down for almost an hour <laughs> with the head groundsman at Lords and asked him every question about pitches from the very basic. How do they work? What's it about? Because everyone thinks they know about cricket pitches and no one does. We don't. Nobody does. Um, Spe- except for Carl. Well, speaking of the ground staff, they were called out at one point and I couldn't see what was in the hands. I thought it was a bottle of water and one of the ground staff ran out. A younger fellow with a moustache, he received a great ovation and doffed sure. his cap at the end, or the, his bucket cap, I should say, yep. for the Red for Ruth Day and all the rest of it. But he, um, it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a bottle of water. It was a spray paint can because Cameron Green wanted some extra lines marked in his bowling run-up where he was taking off from. I don't right. think I've ever seen that before. Of course, they all use spray paint to mark their runs, but not sort of mid-spell. Yeah. And he had that no-ball problem that brought a wicket, which is probably yeah. Hall of Fame-worthy as well, Jeff. It would have been two yeah. in and over from the short ball, root gone for nothing or Yeah, well, or root, root goes for 10 in the end. What would be great is if he gets them to bring out the spray paint and then he just marks out like an Abbey Road crossing, yes. you know, and then he then the four fast bowlers all do a photo <laughs> shoot be- on it. Well, better still, he has his graffiti tag from high school. He's just like nuts with a Z or something. Havoc with a... (laughs) Noob. Um, Right, so my one was bringing Steve Smith on for one over at the end, bowling some off breaks. It just took me back in time because we're standing on a street outside Lords shooting this and in 2013, Steve Smith came on late. He took three wickets with his leg breaks, maybe three for nine in the scale or something. He's got a bowling average of 21 at Lords, by the way, Steve Smith. And and on that day, uh, Cam Fink and I, our, our videographer who we've worked with, went out and did... Fox Pops, um, which is a, oh, it's, it's a crapshoot, it really is. But we found a guy who was dressed as Steve Smith, and so we interviewed him as though he was Steve Smith, and asked him about his spell at the end of the day. Um, and he was he was very much under the weather, but he was actually genuinely funny. Um, you know, some people are funny, and some people are not funny. So it, it just it brought back memories of that for me. That was my whole. I think one of our day. listeners, Nick TV, used to do that at nightclubs, saying, "I look I look a bit like Steve Smith, don't I?" And all the rest of it. Not really. Not really. Sorry, Toots. Not really. Sorry, Toots. Uh, that's the final word Hall of Fame for Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Uh, more extra, less ordinary. Google them, learn more about them and go to Putt Shack for their fifth birthday tomorrow. I'm not sure whether we can. I'm not sure what my commitment is. We're not going to get there early But enough. the first 100 people get looked after. Yep. Tell them we sent you. Tell them we sent you and, and par and tea and something. I don't know. I don't <laughs> Party know. on. Ridiculous sport. All right, final word. Ashes <laughs> Daily. See you later. Night. Party on down. I ain't breezing and I ain't George Benson I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced And if my future questions my current senses That'd be the same we've been doing for centuries Sorry if I ran out to empty Wrote this so you know what I meant here I had to go about it